Securities offered through Cambridge Investment Research Incorporated, a broker-dealer, member FINRA, SIPC. Advisory services through Cambridge Investment Research Advisors Incorporated, a registered investment advisor. Cambridge and ClearVista Financial are not affiliated. Discussions in this show should not be construed as specific recommendations or investment advice. Always consult with your investment professional before making important investment decisions. Today, we want to talk about the secret to financial success. Now, you may think, well, that sounds like the the latest best-selling financial book that you'll find at Barnes & Noble. But actually, we want to guide today's discussion and say that it's based on one of the oldest books, one of the best financial textbooks that's been ever, ever been written. It's been around forever. You might get that we're talking about the Bible. There are a lot of talking heads out there in the media that say the Bible says all these things about um, personal finance, which it does. Um, but there's a lot that we can definitely take um, from that book as it guides our lives in so many other ways. So today, Mark, you're with us. What do we want to talk about when it comes to financial success? Well, I'm glad you teed up the, um, the concept that the, the Holy Bible is one of the greatest resources for financial wisdom out in print. Now, if your head hasn't exploded already or we haven't offended you in some way, hear me out. Because I want to talk a little bit about the, the lessons that are derived from there and introduce a concept of how we look at our finances. Um, Matt, you probably knew this, but there's more than 3,000 scriptures in the Bible dealing with money and possessions. Does that mean it could be an important topic? Yeah, it's a, it's actually the second most covered topic in the Bible behind love. Hmm. You know, Jesus talked about love and, and, and other things, and he also talks a lot about money. It's really interesting to hear some of, of Christ's parables in the Bible and how much they deal with our the way that we handle money and steward money. You know, a lot of people think that, that you know, the, the answer is to listen to one of the pundits on television or the radio. Uh, you may be a, a disciple of Susie Orman or Dave Ramsey, and both of them have, have good things to say. And I think Dave Ramsey will admit that, um, and he does all the time, that a lot of his inspiration comes from the Bible and the wisdom that it, that it provides. But I wanted to kind of visit today about this because, you know, the Bible tells us so many different things. It even t- talks about diversifying your portfolio, uh, which is kind of cool uh, considering that happened about two or 3,000 years ago. So the first thing we need to look at is, is what's popular culture's view towards money and how we manage our money. We live here in America, we live in the wealthiest country in the world. And we live in a time that probably is the most materialistic time in our history. We have to keep up with the proverbial Joneses, right, Matt? You know, we want to have what our next door neighbor has. We're constantly inundated with marketing messages and images that attempt to convince us that we need, not, not need, we must have that shiny new thing. Think about, well, we just got through the holidays here. Think about all the commercials that uh, tempted us to buy either a diamond ring for our spouses or a new car. And, and uh, we're inundated. We, I, I read some stat, advertising stat that we are uh, impressed by over something like 5,000 marketing messages a day. 
that's driving to work, that's just turning on the TV, maybe reading the newspaper. Lots of influencers are trying, the world's trying to part us from the money that we've been given. And somehow we think that our lives will have no meaning unless we pick up the phone and order today. Uh, you know, we're always tempted, call now, there's only 10 left. But it may seem that the priorities in American culture are first, fund your lifestyle. You deserve it. You need that new television. Don't let anybody tell you, anyone else tell you you can't have it. Second principle is if you don't have the money, go into debt to fund your lifestyle. You can pay for that television in 512 easy payments. And third, if we have anything left over, we'll save a little bit for a rainy day. And finally, if there's anything left over for feeling generous, uh, we might give some of that away to help others or things that are important to us. But if we take that same American cultural view towards wealth and how we manage our money and apply the principles that are in the Bible to this, the, the, the four things that I mentioned to you are really just the exact opposite. Okay, we want to give back first. We want to give back as, as an act of obedience, as an act of worship, as an, an act of being able to just to, to share a little bit of what we've been blessed with. Secondly, we need to save for the future, and the Bible tells us to do that. The Bible also warns us to, to avoid or at least make sure that we're using debt very wisely and prudently. We've all uh, maybe heard that the uh, it's in Proverbs, uh, the borrower is the slave to the lender. I'm paraphrasing, of course. That's from Proverbs 22. The borrower is slave to the lender. And that's a very strong word, but think about it. When, when you rack up a bill on a credit card, that credit card company owns you. They own you because you are, are responsible for paying back that debt. And then finally, the fourth point is, is that we fund our lifestyle with what's left over. Now, this is radical, Matt. This is crazy because I, I know that when I was a young person starting out after college, I wanted to replicate the lifestyle of my parents, okay? I wanted to have two cars in the garage. I wanted to have a, a you know 42-inch, well, at the time, 32 inches was pretty big, <laughs> Uh, it was a CRT, not a plasma or a flat screen, uh, really heavy. Uh, but I wanted to have all those things now. And what I didn't realize was, hey, my parents worked hard to accumulate those things over time. And so what, what happened was, is I would start out with my paycheck and say, well, I've got to pay my bills. I've got to pay the rent. I've got to pay the car payment. I've got to, oh, and, and yeah, I have to eat sometimes. And of course, I want to go out and have fun. So I need to have a, a eating out uh, spending first. And then if there was anything left over, I might give some of that away. No matter how many times, how many times do you think that there was money left over to give away? Hardly ever. Hardly ever. <laughs> That's exactly right. It's exactly right. And so uh, we're going to talk about some of these concepts going in the future, but we need to be careful about using debt. We need to be careful about funding our lifestyle first because 
you will find something to spend your money on if you don't put these priorities that quite frankly come from scripture to give back first so myself and my and my family we tithe we give 10 percent of what we make first back to our church and important causes that we want to support that's first and foremost it's non-negotiable and matt can i tell can i share a story about why yeah. we did, when we started the tithe what happened to absolutely. us absolutely sure all right well I had racked up a bunch of student loan debt. I racked up a bunch of debt trying to uh, get a small business off the ground when I was in college. And it wasn't working out. I had a lot of debt. That's what I had. But the only thing I owned was debt. <laughs> and we wanted to commit ourselves to getting out of debt because we knew that that was dragging us down. It was not opening us up and making us available for opportunities that were brought our way. And so at the same time, my wife and I felt really strongly convicted to, to change it, this attitude. And it was introduced to me by, by uh, actually Larry Perquette and Ron Blue and reading some of their books. Uh, I never had a chance to meet uh, Larry Perquette, but I later got to meet Ron Blue and um, share with him some of those influences that they had in my early adult life. For that, they pointed out the things that were in, in the Bible that were true about managing finances and God's plan for our money. And so anyway, we, we wanted to tithe. And so at the time, uh, my wife was responsible for the monthly budget. And uh, she was preparing all the bills we had to pay and so forth and trying to figure out how to make the money work. Uh, and she came out to me because I was, I was uh, we were living in Virginia at the time. And uh, she came out on the patio. I was planting some blue bonnets. You know, every good Texan, no matter where they are, they have to plant blue bonnets. And she said, we can, we can tithe and we want to do that. But if we tithe we will have exactly $42 left for the next two weeks or more, to, and we haven't even been to the grocery store that weekend. So we had a couple of cans of beans and uh, some crackers in our pantry at the time, and uh, it was kind of a precarious situation. We didn't know what we were going to do, but I said, by all means, you know, being the, the hard-headed and, and foolhardy person that I am, I said, no, we're going to do it. So write that check to the church. We're going to we're going to give first, because that's the way we should do it. And and we did that, and we ate some crackers and beans that night, <laughs> because we we didn't know we didn't have any money to go to the store. Uh, but lo and behold, about three days later, uh, we found out being new to Virginia and not understanding the Commonwealth and how taxes are done there, we had overpaid for the uh, car tax for our vehicles and we got a refund check for $350. Now I'm not, I am not trying to preach a, a prosperity theology or whatsoever, but I think that in that moment uh, we were reminded that, Hey, you know, we don't need have anything to worry about. God's got this and he's going to back us up and, and provide for us. And ever since that day, Matt, that is always at the top of our list, we are going to give back first. And what started as an act of, of uh, obedience, because that's what we felt that the Bible is leading us to do, has now become an act of worship. And we do it joyfully, and we, we never seem to, to not be in a situation where we don't have enough money to pay our bills and fund our lifestyle. Yeah. So the truths that you mentioned today, 
which are, are definitely truths, but the principle is that we need to block out all of the noise that we're surrounded by, whether it's media or just people that we're around. We've got to get rid of that distraction and think about these basic fundamentals that should be the foundation of how we uh, process our financials. And ultimately, like we started out, having financial success, right? Mm-hmm. I think I think one thing, Matt, that I want to make sure I'm not conveying a message of, because a lot of people will, will will tell this to me from time to time when we've taught classes over the years. You know, the Bible has a lot to say about your wealth. Okay, it's yours. It was given to you, I think, and you earned it, or God allowed you to earn that. But the Bible, in no way, does it say that it's wrong to be wealthy, or that God likes the rich more than the poor. Scripture does say that it's foolish to store up earthly wealth but not have a rich relationship with God. And I think there was a in that same, uh, well, I think it's in Matthew, um, where it talks about money and evil, and a lot of people mis- misquote this, but uh, the quote that's often kind of put in the movies is, is that money is the root of all evil, and that's not the case. Uh, it, the Bible tells us that the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. And we just have to be careful. What do we put first? Scripture tells us we can't serve two masters. We can't serve both God and money. And we have to decide which is going to be our master. And for years, uh, even though I was a Christian, I kind of let money be my master. And it got me into a lot of trouble. Uh, But once I began to see what God's plan was for my money, it became very easy. And, and realizing that, no, I'm here to serve the Lord and for his pleasure, and he's allowed me to be able to work hard, to make money, and uh, be able to bless others with that. So just a complete 180 of, of a direction by just learning and paying attention to the plan that God has and has written in what I call the greatest financial planning book ever written. Yeah, it's good. Well, hopefully that hits home to you somewhere in what you're doing with your financial lives, and hopefully that'll challenge you. Um, Take one of these principles, apply it today, and begin your process to achieving financial success. Thanks for joining us today on the Spin Life Well podcast. We'll see you next time.